Blog Talk Radio. And right now, it's big fight time. Live in Las Vegas, Trevor Burbick and Mike Tyson are about to battle it out for the WBC Heavyweight Championship. Championship Boxing. I am Logan Time Traveler, and we are talking about the greatest performances and the greatest performances today of Sugar Ray Leonard. What's up, man? Hey, good evening, Logan. Good evening, boxing fans. One silver on the line. And yes, we are talking about one of the greatest fighters of all time, Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, tell me, um, I thought he was named after the boxer, but it looks like he was named after the singer. After no, watching that no, no. He was named. He was named after Ray Charles. His parents named him Raymond Charles Leonard when Sugar Ray Leonard was born. And so, and that's going to be oh, the right. that we sugar was, later on in his What? His sugar was named after uh, but Sugar as a boxer, Ray Robinson. He got his nickname from Sugar Ray Robinson and his style, very similar to Sugar Ray Robinson. But his parents named him after Ray Charles, the legendary R&B. Um, well, Ray, he did it, uh, Ray Charles did all R&B, rock and roll, country. Ray Charles. One of the greatest performers great. in the history of music, period. Yeah, great boxer, too, man. Even though he was blind, he was really good at boxing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stop the bullshit. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so, so no, you go ahead. You tell us uh, what, what, you, what you picked out here for us to watch here, because I, you know, I left the links up on the blog talk so people can check it out. But uh, what are we looking at? Tonight we'll be watching, we'll be talking about the two greatest performances of Sugar Ray Leonard's career. And... We'll be talking about the recent 30 for 30 documentary, No Moss, which chronicles the events leading up to and after the November 25th, 1979 fight, Superdome, Roberto Duran versus Sugar Ray Leonard, the No Moss fight. That's one of the fights also we'll be talking about. So that, that documentary would be a great segue to the second fight of Sugar Ray Leonard's great performance we'll be talking about. The first fight, November 30th, 1979, in Las Vegas, Nevada, Caesar's Palace, Sugar Ray Leonard fighting the WBC World Worldweight Champion and Ring Worldweight Champion at the time, Wilfred Benitez. Now, where do you rank Benitez in the in, you know, in all-time greats? He's in my top fifty. He's in my top fifty, and he's probably the fourth or fifth greatest defensive fighter of all time. Um, the, the top three. He's just a, a level below the top three, which in whatever order you want to say, Mayweather, Whitaker, Pep, you can make an argument that Benitez is fourth after that. He's just a little bit uh, less of a defensive wizard than those three greats. Interesting. So his his career, I mean, just tell a little bit about that because uh, 
I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go delve too much into Wilfred Benitez because next week he will be our featured uh, performer. Oh, on the okay. Boxing. So right, well, that's I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for next week because next week's episode will be about Wilfred Benitez. All right. So no slouch here, uh, even though hell no, um, he was the first ballot Hall of Famer and Wilfred Benitez, three-time world champion, um, one of the greats. So no. The two fights we're talking about here are two of the greatest Latin fighters of all time. Wilfred Benitez, when you when you rank among greatest Puerto Rican fighters of all time, I always said Gomez was first, Torres with uh, Jose Torres would be uh, Carlos Ortiz would be second. Um, Benitez is right up there with Felix Trinidad and H- Jose Torres to round out the top five greatest Puerto Rican fighters of all time. Let me okay. a little bit uh, into Sugar Ray Leonard going into this fight. Going into this fight, Sugar Ray Leonard was twenty five and zero. He had been worked up steadily since winning the Olympic gold medal in 1976. Um, his manager, Mike Trainer, and his um, Mike trainer, trainer, Angelo Dundee. His, Mike, his name? name was Mike Trainer. Sugar Ray Leonard's manager was well, actually not manager because Sugar Ray Leonard considered himself self-managed. His financial advisor, the main guy he would go to advice, his name was Mike Trainer, who was a <laughs> who was a okay. yeah Mike Trainer. That was his name. Who was a one of the most one of the richest guys in the Baltimore, Maryland area, who owned stock in the Baltimore Orioles baseball team. When Sugar Ray mm-hmm. Leonard turned pro after the Olympics, Mike Trainer was there to guide him, and he, Mike Trainer made Ray Leonard a boatload of money. Cool. So, uh, so, so Mike yeah. Mike Trainer so didn't take a percentage; he just took a salary. One of the reasons why Sugar Ray Leonard made so much money. He didn't have a manager taking a thirty-three percent cut of his of his of his um, earnings. So he so he comes in. Uh, he wins the um, he wins the or what is he? How did he do in the Olympics? He got the gold medal. He won the gold medal. I mean, he was the darling yeah. of the Olympics. I mean, uh, Howard Cosell announced that Olympics, nineteen seventy-six Olympics from Montreal, and Sugar Ray Leonard was the darling of the Olympics. It was a great story because Sugar Ray Leonard had um had a had a baby from his um, childhood sweetheart and eventual wife, Juanita. And so throughout the Olympics, you know, Howard Cosell made up, oh, here is this father trying, you know, you know it, was, it was a great story. It was a great yeah. story. So after the Olympics was over, Sugar Ray Leonard shockingly decided to retire from boxing, not turn pro, and go to college instead. He wanted to become a businessman. Unfortunately, college could not support his his, his um, fiance and and their baby. I mean, it, so he was also. I mean, college doesn't pay you to go to college, God, uh, There you go. There you go. I understand why he went to college when he had a lot of offers on the table to be, uh, especially for promoters like Don King and Bob Arum. So Sugar Ray Leonard, after trying college for a few months, thought that, that this was a mistake and went and turned pro, where he and Mike Trainer signed a huge deal with ABC Sports, which guaranteed him his very first fight, and this is 1977, Logan, $40,000. Huh. Now, was that high? That was not that, was not that 19, good. 1977, Logan. Okay. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> tell me, I mean, tell me, is that it? Is that what they used to pay fighters in nobody, nobody in their pro debut I mean, makes $40,000 today, never mind 1977. <laughs> okay. So so go ahead. 
um, what's the deal? Like, what was he? What was All the? Right, so, um, so, um, so the Indian trainer build him up, and they have him fight. You know, opposition that will showcase his talents, and little by little, the t- opposition would get tough, tougher and tougher. In 1979, he fought many world class fighters. He knocked out Andy Price in September of '79 to to to, to uh, solidify his title shot with Wilfred Benitez on November 30th, 1979. Jesus Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, and uh, when he when he won that fight, was he? I mean, when he went into that fight, was he uh, favored because of his Olympic uh, performance? Uh, it, um, Andy Price was, a good, was an excellent fighter. Andy Price had beaten. Uh, the current WBA world champion, Patino Quavers, before Quavers became world champion. So Andy Price was looked at as a very dangerous fighter for Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard knocked him out in the first round. All right, man. Well, that was uh, okay. So, so then go on. So that that's sort of the part of his shot, and he gets his shot. National television, ABC prime time, the main event of a card that also featured the first fight between Marvin Hagler and Vito Anafermo, which turned out to be a, a, a bad decision. They called it a draw, even though Hagler outworked and outboxed Anafermo for at least 10 out of 15 rounds. So this was the main event, and Benitez was undefeated, two-time world champion, only 21 years old, and something that a lot of people at that time didn't know about, a few people didn't know, and people, the, the few people that did know forgot. Wilfred Benitez, at this point in time, was dating Sugar Ray Leonard's sister. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Latin lover. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sugar Ray. Well, um... So, so going so, into okay. this fight, Sugar Ray Leonard was a slight favorite, but everybody knew this was not going to be an easy fight because Wilfred Benitez, at this point, was considered the most Defensively gifted fighter to come around in many, many years. Tremendous counterpunches. Wilfred Benitez is one of the greatest counterpunches of all time. The Sugar Ray Leonard, who liked to move and box and dance and jab, knew that he couldn't do this against Benitez. They would make it harder for him to hit Benitez. So the tactic was made between him and Dundee to come up with a strategy to beat Benitez and how to beat Benitez. He came at Benitez the entire fight. Not one time did Sugar Ray Leonard do his this custom moving, dancing, showboat. No, Chico Ray Leonard came into this fight the most determined I've ever seen him throughout his entire career, before or after, and he fought. Wait, not, not more determined fight. than when he came second fight against Duran. He was determined he, then. You know what? He was very determined in that fight, but you know what? He already established himself as a, as a, as a world-class great fighter. This fight with Benitez was going, was going to answer the question, whether or not Sugar Ray Leonard was for real. Well, has Sugar Ray Leonard ever been exposed in any way as being, I mean, let's put it this way, was he ever in trouble in any fight for Duran? Um, against Marcus Geraldo a few months prior to his fight with Benitez in the spring of 79, um, he got hit in the third or fourth round. Geraldo was a, Marcus Geraldo was a middleweight, so Sugar Ray Leonard was fighting a guy 10 to 15 pounds heavier than him. Haralo hit him with a shot early in the fight that caused Sugar Ray Leonard to see double out of his eyes. And so Sugar Ray Leonard complained to Pacheco, uh, not Pacheco, uh, Dundee, that he was seeing double. So, uh, so, so Dundee, was, uh, Dundee was like, 
You see double. So how many guys do you see in there? I, I'm seeing – no, no, that he was seeing three Geraldos in front of him because he, was, he, he had been hit so hard he was having problems with his vision and he saw three guys, three guys in the ring. So the detail just hit – just aim for the guy in the middle. <laughs> that was a tough. Uh, Sugar won a tough ten round decision, and, and that fight really proved how tough of a guy he could be when when put into trouble. That was in the Rocky movie when he was fighting Drago. Oh, like, well, they seeing... got that from an actual fight that Sugar Ray had in the spring of '79 against Marcus Holloway. Yeah, I'm seeing three out there. Hit the one in the middle. Yeah, so yeah, uh, that's, that's what that's told, told Lennon. <laughs> Great stuff. Now, um, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, I mean, he was a superstar, right? I mean, after he won, he was like basically the new Muhammad Ali at that point, right? At this point in time, Muhammad Ali had already retired from boxing, and Sugar Ray Leonard was now the number one attraction in boxing. Yeah, so he was basically a uh, like almost like the the new the new guy, um, and uh, it's also because he looked he like a guy. member of the Jackson <laughs> Five. You know what I'm saying? Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> Leonard was easily the number one attraction in the sport at this time since Muhammad Ali had retired a year prior. So take us from there to the Durant, the first Durant fight. No, no, no. Before we let us talk about the Benitez fight real quick, because I want to. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. We didn't really fight. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So um, Sugar Ray Leonard comes into this fight, the number one contender for Benitez's title, and at the very start, now, I, I mentioned that Benitez was having a relationship, uh, and they eventually would get engaged, but they never would get married with Sugar Ray Leonard's sister Sharon. Sharon Leonard and Wilfred Benitez were dating at this time. They eventually would get engaged, but the relationship would break off because years later, I don't think it would last that long because Benitez was a known womanizer and um, he liked the white powder some. So anyway, in this fight, the fight starts off with the two of them staring at each other in the greatest stand down in the history of sport. They stared at each other for five minutes doing the doing the the when the where referee is telling the instruct giving the instructions to both fighters. Talk about what you thought when you saw that look. Yeah, man. I mean, it was intense. And I mean, I guess there was a lot of you know manhood on the line. <clears throat> but I mean, it was. You're right. It was a great stare down. I I definitely was uh, looking at that. I mean, I thought. I mean, his shit with Duran was like that too. I mean, but we'll get into it. But it, I I thought like. That was probably one of his most intense uh, stare-downs, yeah, for sure. Sugar Ray Leonard totally dominated this fight. He walked down Benitez for the entire fight, and I never saw Sugar Ray Leonard's jab work so effective. People always, want, people always ask me or people always ask other experts, what kind of fighter could dominate a Floyd Mayweather? Well, the, fight, the fighter that Sugar Ray Leonard was and was this night, would have knocked out Floyd Mayweather because he kept jabbing. He kept coming at Benitez, and Benitez could not answer Shigori Leonard's hand speed. And Benitez was almost as fast as Leonard, a great technician in his own right. Yet Leonard, that jab, kept landing the right cross. Leonard put pressure on Benitez the entire fight, pressure that Benitez was, was shocked to see because Benitez probably thought this guy was going to dance and move and Benitez would be able to counter those moves. No. Sugar Ray Leonard walked him down for the entire fight. That jab was fierce. 
Round three, he drops Benitez with a shotgun left jab. Drops yeah, that was unbelievable. Benitez goes down. Benitez gets up laughing, but he's embarrassed because yeah. he's a master boxer, and he's unable to penetrate Sugar Ray Leonard's guard, unable to stop those combinations. Sugar Ray Leonard threw combination after combination after combination. In this fight, he jabbed to the body. He kept that jab in Benitez's face. Sixth round, they bump heads. A, 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 a headbutt, a clash above Benitez's his forehead. What? Doesn't really do any... Uh, the, the, uh, Benitez's cornerman do a good job of stopping the blood. But Benitez, even though he has signs of success, or uh, some signs of success throughout this fight, just can never get the better as Leonard, as Leonard continually puts the pressure on Benitez. In the 11th round, he buckles Benitez with a beautiful left hook. And Benitez has to do all he can to survive the 11th round. I gave the first 13 rounds to Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, when I first watched this fight, I was with my father, and we're both, uh, we're both from Puerto Rican descent. So we're rooting for Benitez because he's the Puerto Rican idol in boxing at the time. And so my father, a huge Benitez fan, and I, at the time I was 11 years old, I followed a lot of the fighters that my father followed. So I was rooting for Benitez in this fight, and um, my eyes back then, I might have gotten Benitez five or six rounds. Watching this fight again two weeks ago, I gave Benitez one round, the 14th round. Because Benitez knew he was behind, and the 14th round was the first round. I actually saw Benitez outwork and outland Lennon. 15th round, Benitez knows he's, 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 he's in dire straits. He knows he needs a knockout to win, so he comes after Lennon. And Lennon, instead of coasting, which he could have done because he was way ahead on the scorecard, gives it to Benitez, and they engage in a furious 15th round where finally he drops Benitez late in the round. Benitez gets a bloody, batter, referee, Carlos, um, referee, well, what the fuck was his referee's name? He, he, the guy who uh, refereed the threw him. Anyway, the referee stops the fight. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, with six seconds left in the fight, Sugar Ray Leonard wins the WBC and Ring Westway Championship in the first great performance of his career. And definitely was... Uh... It was was he now doing that because he was trying to answer his critics that he was just the uh, like that he couldn't take you know he couldn't really fight or whatever. He, I mean, what what was the what was the critical thing about him that they were saying? No, they um, a lot of uh, so-called. Media they mean he couldn't take a punch. No, no, he, he hadn't been proven yet. No, the reason a lot of people had criticism of Sugar Leonard because they thought he was um, made by Madison Avenue. They thought that he was more. He was That's more right. uh, artificial than, 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 than natural substance. This they thought they, got a, a, they took a member of the Jackson 5 and made him a boxer. <laughs> I mean, basically, like, they're like he was a star. He's a, he's a baby, he's classic baby face. He's got a baby face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same criticism was, was heaped on um, Oscar De La Hoya when he was coming up. You know, the good-looking dude with the great smile, yeah. and, he always, and he always said the right things. And you know what? Um... A lot You're of, so right, uh, man. Oscar De La Hoya was the, the Hispanic Oscar version. Oscar De La Hoya's management followed Sugar Ray Leonard's blueprint, and that that that's and, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But those were two guys who could fight. Their pretty boy antics, their their their, their, their smile, they always say the right thing. They could back it up in the ring, and Sugar Ray Leonard more than backed it up. And this fight showed his critics that this guy was more than just a pretty boy. The guy could fight. And you ask me why did he why did he change the style of his fight? I think he knew it would be it would be a tougher fight if he moved. 
if he moved, because Benitez was very hard to hit. His best way was to attack Benitez. He attacked Benitez from the opening second, and that's why... So Benitez probably was planning on doing that to Leonard, right? I mean, that was... I also think it caught Benitez off guard, because Benitez was shocked. He couldn't believe that Sugar was walking him down instead of moving. So, you know, now I got to come to play, and he just couldn't keep... That's why, in my opinion... If a 25-year-old Sugar Ray Leonard fought a 25-year-old Floyd Mayweather, he would destroy Mayweather because Mayweather was, could, could not stop those combinations coming. Sugar Ray Leonard had two of the fastest hands in the history of the welterweight division. It's hard to I, fathom who was faster than him. Those combinations were razor, razor sharp. I don't see Floyd stopping that. And Floyd definitely doesn't have the power to keep Leonard off of him. And you're right, and, and and Leonard was in great shape in the sense that he could do that all night. He could do that for 15 rounds. And if you rounds, look at Sugar Ray Leonard's body in this fight and in the next fight we'll talk about, he had the perfect physique for welterweight. He was 5'10". Yeah. He was not heavily muscled, but but but, but uh, in, in, in a great physique, not steroid enhanced, and he had very, very muscular calves, which helped him in the long run. He also had a great. I mean, he just had a hard body. I mean, I, I, I see him. In no, that he was a phenom- He was a phenomenal shape. His his yeah. uh, physique reminded me of a young Ali physique, the young Ali from the sixties, where yeah. the entire body was streamlined to proportion. Well, not like Tommy Hearns, who was six for one. He was muscular on top with skinny legs. So when you go, yeah. go to his body, you could break him down. No, Sugar Ray Leonard at five for ten was evenly proportioned and, like you said, rock hard. When it comes to his, his physique, he had the perfect for a welterweight. And he probably had a decent chin. I mean, he didn't get hit a lot, but when he did, he, he got hit, and he was he didn't go down. So, I mean, in a, in a lot of cases. Now, what, what about well, his... He um, also got, well, Sugar Ray Leonard wasn't stopped until he came back and fought Camacho when he had no business fight Camacho in 1997. Yeah, I, mean, I can't career. even remember when he was knocked down. Well, he was he he was he was knocked down late later in his career. Like when, in 1984 against Kevin Howard, his first comeback fight was the first time Sugar Leonard was dropped. He came back and won that fight. Uh, he was dropped twice by Donnie Lalonde in their 1988 light heavyweight title fight, and Tommy Hearns dropped him twice in their 1989 rematch, a fight in which Tommy Hearns was robbed. And I got to give Sugar Ray Leonard credit. He said that yes, Tommy was robbed. Tommy won that fight. So yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard would get dropped a few times in his career but never to the point where um, he was stopped until he came back in 97 and fought uh, Hector Camacho. So he wins the title. And, and in many ways, the story, I mean, not now, but at that time of Sugar Ray Leonard was that no matter what he did, people would still say it wasn't enough. <laughs> but anyway, so he... that is the truth. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They was, now they said, oh, well, they, they were throwing excuses. Oh, well, Benitez was having personal problems. Um, he didn't train. Look, look, Sugar Ray Leonard went on, took the best welterweight in the world, uh, uh, broke him down, knocked him out in the 15th round, won the title. Sugar Ray Leonard, in his next fight, fought a stiff from England in his hometown of Maryland, knocked him out in the fourth round, a guy named Davey Boy Green. And so after that fight, he signed a huge deal where he would make $7, $8 million to fight Roberto Duran in the brawl in Montreal, June 20th, 1980. In that fight, a fight we covered on the greatest fight series, Duran just went just just went to Edgar Leonard, engaged Leonard in an all-out brawl, and won a 15-round decision. 
afterwards, and this is documented in, in the documentary No Moss, which we will touch on now, Shigure Leonard knew that the best way to get his title back was to get Durant in an immediate rematch. Because, like I have mentioned before on this, tele- on, this on, 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 on the show, Durant had a tendency between fights to balloon up to 200 pounds. Shigure Leonard knew this. So he went and got an immediate rematch, July, August, plus five months after losing his title. In June of, of 2000, uh, 1980, he gets rematched in November of 1980. And so Durant has to force himself, because Durant ballooned himself after, after, after beating Leonard in, in um, June of 1980. He was going on talk shows. He was touring. He was eating with everybody, drinking beer. He was a fat fuck. So he had to lose 50 pounds in order to make the world's weight limit. Yeah, he did the Buster Douglas deal. I mean, it was like uh, now when he's when he was um, uh, in in, the, in this first fight with uh, Sugar Ray and what did Sugar Ray? What mistakes did he make? That was it. Just that he, he to, that he actually he, tried to toe to toe. Yeah. Instead of boxing, he stood toe to toe with Durant. Right. And it, and it took a lot out of him. And the body, he was there for the body punches. He was up against the ropes too much, also. But and he, he, told, he said that, like, uh, he said that Duran hit harder than anyone he'd ever fought, and that he he never got hurt in the body except when Duran, you know, uh, uh, Duran Duran must have landed two hundred punches in that in that first fight, uh, a fight that you and I and Zor covered about two years ago on the Greatest Fight Series. Just an all-out war, and um, Leonard could keep Duran off of him because Leonard declined the move. And you know, Logan, from watching, from, from watching boxing, that when you, go to, when you change your style and you're a boxer and you slug, after the sixth, seventh round, you, you've accumulated so much punishment that you can't move. You, you basically, right. you, either you're going to get knocked out or you're going to slug for the rest of the fight. And that's what happened. Leonard chose to slug. Now, Leonard had success, and he carried the late, late portions of the fight because Duran had tied to throw so many punches. But he had built such a huge deficit that it was hard to overcome. Now, did uh, did you think this was part of some kind of psychological game that that Durant was playing? I mean, how did he go? Uh, why did he choose to oh, stand toe to toe with Durant? It's, it's covered in the No Moss documentary, and is and is and is no fact because I remember when it happened when I was a kid. Um, during the press conferences, Durant kept challenging Leonard's manhood, and um, on one occasion. He told Sugar Ray Leonard's wife, Juanita, that after the after after the after I kick your old man's ass, you can suck my dick. Shit like that was getting into Leonard's head. Wow. Uh, so he fucked with him, yeah. And uh and so this so I mean, what do you think? Did you think that it was a fair decision? Ah, we yeah. Duran won that fight. Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard okay. never cried and said he was robbed. No, because some people said it, you know, would tell him. Oh, like, in the man, it was because, because, because they're blinded. Durant fought his fight. Durant fought a hell of a fight. Durant won only right, 10 right. rounds in that fight. Now, Remember, Durant, uh, Durant like, hurt, in, the, in the first fight, Durant hurt Leonard with a tremendous right cross in the second round. Leonard didn't wake up until the fifth. In the third, fourth, in, in the third and fourth and parts of the fifth round, he's trying to recover. So there's no way to work. Right, so right away, he's lost the first five rounds. Uh, Durant, where is he from, though? He, he is uh, Mexican, is he? Panama. Oh, he's Panama. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought he was a Mexican fighter, but his father was a Mexican-American, so that's why he's got Mexican features, but he's Panamanian. Oh, I see. Got yeah. it. 
so he's so he's in his home country, so that helped too. I mean, he he had a lot of pressure on him to win this fight, and uh, it, there was, it was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure on Duran to win his fight. Duran was the biggest star. Roberto Duran is the greatest athlete in the history of the country of Panama. You don't get an arena named after you just for being a nobody. He was. They got a, their main arena is is a Roberto Duran arena. That's how huge he was and is in Panama. The only athlete that comes close to Roberto Duran is the recently retired New York Yankees uh, closer, Mariano Rivera. And Mariano Rivera, you compare Mariano, Mariano Rivera to uh, Roberto Duran in the country of Panama, is like comparing LeBron James to Muhammad Ali. Ali is like, you know, all the way on the top of Mount Rushmore, and LeBron James is buying a ticket to get in to see him. That's the difference between Duran and, and, and Mariano. Okay, so so Duran uh, takes the fight. Did he and now? What we didn't talk about because it was in the documentary. And it was an interesting part of it was that Sugar Ray Leonard was so discouraged after that first fight that he quit boxing. Oh, yeah. he, he, he only for a couple of weeks. He, you know, Sugar Ray did Leonard did that a lot. He did that after the Olympics. He did that after several fights where he, um, all right, I don't think my heart's in it anymore. But you know, he goes home. He plays with his kids. Um, his wife's nagging him. He's like, ah, fuck this shit. Let me get back to the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and he wasn't much of a partier either. I mean, he was not. He was a very big family guy, so it wasn't like... Uh, yeah, what else, had... I mean, what else is he going to do? Count money. That's all he could do. Now it's boring. So, he, after yeah. a couple of weeks, he, and he got that quick rematch. And the plan was, I got to get this guy in the ring as soon as possible, force him to lose that, pound, the, that poundage quicker than he wants to. Now, that's funny, too, because he wanted to win. He wanted to win in a way that wasn't exactly fair. I mean, let's face it, like, wouldn't you want, if you're a true competitor, wouldn't you want Duran to be at his best? You want to to get that competitive edge, though. I mean, if you could get away with it, get away with it. And you know what the trick was? They offered Duran more money than Shigure Leonard. The first fight, Duran only got $1.5 million. Second fight, Duran gets eight, and Shigure Leonard seven. So Duran jumping on it. Yeah, yeah, I beat this guy once. This time I'll knock him out. There you go. And it was it was interesting too because uh, you know after the fight, of course. Well, let's talk about what what Duran had to do to get all that weight off. I mean, it turns out he had to take a lot of laxatives and uh, he took he took he took and which you and I always thought that he quit the fight because he had to take a shit. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. In order for him to lose 50 pounds, he started gouging himself with X-Lax so he could shit all the fat off of him. That's not a and good idea. And that's all you do when you take X-Lax is you get the shit. I, mean, that's what, <laughs> I know, because I took them when I was a wrestler, you know, to try to cut weight. And like, when, you, when, when, just, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was five years old, I went through my parents' uh, uh, drawers. They were, out, they were out with my brother and sisters. Oh, they had the I went chocolate my parents, ones, right? All right? No, I found the... Um, the ones the with the, um, the, the, the gum ones. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking this is gum. I'm gouging. I'm, I'm, I'm chewing it all up. This was oh. a Saturday night. The night before the <laughs> night before Easter. All day Easter, I was on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like, man. It's, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's shit. And so, yeah, I mean, I think he must have had, his, he must have had terrible, like, gas and cramps and stuff like that. And the thing is, is that in the documentary, it's all about, and it looks like he's still fucked up about it today. Sugar Ray Leonard, like, 
he hated the fact that he won this great victory after, you know, coming back and stuff. And all they could talk about was the no moss shit. And, like, he, and no one really gave him the credit, you know. And they are just like, oh, no, it wasn't that he won. It was that Durant quit. And, yeah, and, and, and you know, beneath that Shigori Lennon, that's what the whole documentary was about. Was Shigori Lennon wanting to know, why did you quit in the middle of that fight? Because up until that point, while Lennon was dominating the fight, it was, it was a close fight. My father and I had it scored four rounds to three for Shigori Lennon as the two of the three judges. It wasn't like he was blowing Duran away. Now, he was frustrating the hell out of, of Duran, and, um, and, and Duran was missing more than he ever misses, but it wasn't like he was getting blown away. Yeah. He was fucked. Uh, it fucks with Sugar Ray Leonard to this day, and that, that's the theme of this whole documentary. Sugar Ray Leonard never got the credit for fighting an A fight against probably the greatest Latin fighter, if not the second greatest Latin fighter of all time, a guy who just beat him. Here he is, embarrassing this guy, yet no one gives him the credit to this yeah. day. Oh, was it fixed? Oh, he had to take a shit. Oh, he, he was tired of you clowning. Oh, he quit. You didn't beat him. Well, the fact remains, ladies and gentlemen, Sugar Ray Leonard won that fight. But what's ironic is that he, you know, it was his plan, though, to rush him into this fight. And, you know, that's part of it is, like, you're going to make him do crazy shit to lose weight. And, yeah, but and, you know what? He didn't, re- fought, he didn't fought. Durant's a champion. Durant didn't have to fight Shigway Leonard right away. And he wasn't forced right. to fight Shigway Leonard. Durant could afford a stiff here and there and then fought Shigway Leonard. No. But the most money to be made was to fight Shigway Leonard. The plan Durant had at the time was he beat Shigway Leonard in a rematch, then he's going to make even more money to fight Tommy Hearns the next year to unify the title. So that was in his mind. He's thinking money. So fuck it. All right. If Did I he really think that pounds, it was going to be an easy fight and with him being overweight? I mean, it just I guess he figured, fuck it, I'll make he, me just as confident. Him and, his manage, him and his management made the decision. They didn't have to tell Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard's not going anywhere. That fight's still right. going to be on the table uh, three, four months from, from that date. They didn't it have to It might not be that to much money, though. They might not be uh, that much money. Oh, the money's going to be there. Sugar Ray Leonard's the golden boy. The money's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and not if he loses to somebody else, you know. I mean, because uh, no, it, no, no, no. The only, the only person, the only two people in that division that were beating uh, Durant at that time was Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns, and he wasn't going to fight Tommy Hearns until he finished his match, his fight with, with Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay, so he would, he could have fought a couple of stiffs. Got he would have easily beaten a couple of stiffs and then uh, went on and, and fought Sugar Ray Leonard. Put it would this that way, made a, would, that, would that would have made a difference though? Hmm. And you know In what? Fight. We, we, we would never know because he took this fight right, right away. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because that's what Sugar Ray Leonard seems to have the kind of ox about. Like, hey, you know, I mean, he wants to have the credit. And he, and he wants almost Duran to admit to him, like, no, I quit because you were awesome. You know, like, it's like, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what, he, he's like desperate for Duran to just tell him that. Instead, Duran just says, you know what, I had fucking diarrhea. You know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that night, I, I watched this fight, um, November 25th, 1980. I watched this fight in Madison Square Garden on close circuit with my, with my father. And when Ray Charles sings the national anthem, my father looks over to me and says, um, um, Rob, Sugar Ray's got this fight. Because you saw the pride. And, 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 and love in Sugar Ray Leonard's eyes when Ray Charles was singing and, and how it motivated Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, this is my idol. This is the man yeah. my parents named me after, singing 
uh, not the national anthem, America the Beautiful, and he tore it up that night. I mean, I'm like, Ray Charles tore it up, and Sugar Ray Lemon's moving, dancing around the ring, and then they hug after the after he finishes singing, he hugs Sugar Ray. At that moment, my father says, "You know what? Durant ain't got a shot tonight." <laughs> and 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 Sugar Ray uh, Robinson, I mean Sugar Ray, um, what's his name? Um, not Sugar Ray. Ray Charles goes up to him and says. Uh, Kill this guy. I mean, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick this guy's ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he whispered it in his ears. Kick this guy's ass. Yeah. Now, when he uh, he wins his fight, um, and we should hurry up because we only have five minutes left. But uh, he he, you know, just talk quickly about his career after All right, this the fight. Sev- the, the, the the critical point was the seventh round. The seventh round, he did the bolo punch and jabbed Duran in the stomach. He made Duran miss. He was smacking Duran at will. That's the pivotal point of this fight. Because I think that's when Duran knew he couldn't keep up with Leonard. He, I, he, he, his, his stomach was bothering him. And he said, look, I'm going to give it another round. If I can't get to this guy, I'm just going to give it up. In the eighth round, once again, Leonard is landing combinations at will. They're in the corner where Duran says, fuck it, I'm done, I quit. And the referee right. gives him another chance to fight. But he says, nah, nah, no mas, no mas in Spanish. I quit. And so, Well, I heard it now that the documentary says he didn't actually say no mas, that it was the – Referee, and that he couldn't talk because his uh, his shit was uh, his his mouthpiece was in. What do you think? Well, about the ref- that? no, the referee said that Durant told him no mas, and then the referee said, "Are you sure no mas?" And Durant said, "Yeah, no mas." And that's the okay. way. Because if you watch if you watch the fight and the documentary, same clip, he brings Durant back to fight. Durant turns around and says, "No." Because remember, Chico okay. bangs a combination to his body while his back is turned. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was a strange thing. I mean, and then, man, what what shit he got for that. I mean, he just, like, got crucified for that shit. Hey, he wasn't even allowed in his hometown, in his country. The Panamanians wanted to do it. And, um, wow. When, wow. We, when we do greatest performances by Roberto Duran, we'll recap how he was able to recapture his glory and recapture his love. Because at one time, the most beloved man in the history of Panama at this point, after quitting, became the most hated man in Panama. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, now, so after this, uh, Sugar Ray, obviously, big superstar. Uh, he uh, kind of, I mean, I guess that Zoran thing kind of pissed him off, but whatever, he won. He didn't care. <laughs> Fuck it. And, uh, and he moved on to who? Well, um, after this, he beat uh, Larry Bonds, a nondescript welterweight contender, he defeated Ayu Kalui for the WBA Junior Middleweight Championship. And then he had his legendary first fight with Tommy Hearns, September 16, 1981, a fight we covered on the Greatest Fight Series, in which he came from behind with one eye closed and knocked out Hearns in the 14th round to become the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. And um, he went on to have a, a, a historical career. In my opinion, if you want to ask me who the greatest fighter of the last 35 years was, it is Sugar Ray Leonard, the greatest fighter of the last 35 years, in my opinion, was Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, quickly, before we get cut off, your opinions of Sugar Ray Leonard and his style, as you always do. Well, I mean, he was, I mean, he took, it's almost like he took the whole Muhammad Ali model and improved upon it. You know, it was like a uh, a much more aggressive even version of Muhammad Ali, and also more accurate and more uh, more defensive, you know, than uh, Muhammad Ali, especially in his later years. 
uh, don't you think? I mean, there was a lot of uh, similarity, like in terms of the. There was uh, a lot of similarity between Sugar Ray Leonard and Muhammad Ali. One point you just made that I totally agree with: Ali was never as aggressive as Sugar Ray Leonard was in his fight with Benitez. You rarely saw Ali walk a guy down. Ali did most of his punching on the back foot, dancing and moving. And the when Sugar Ray Leonard, when he fought Tommy Hearns and when he fought with Fred Benitez, boxers would, 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 would chase him, would, would walk him down, while Ali would say, fuck it, this is my style, you're going to have to counter my shit. And he'd also throw a lot more punches than, than Ali ever uh, did. You can make a judgment, you can make the statement that Sugar Ray Leonard was the greatest combination puncher in the history of boxing. Yeah, he was. I have not seen anybody since. Throw those type of comedy. He throw ten punches in two seconds. <laughs> now, uh, it's just personal fact, I actually went to high school with his son in Potomac, Maryland, uh, because you know his dad lived out there, and uh, his son was quite a ladies' man. Let's put it like that. But uh, <laughs> well, well, all the Sugar Ray Leonard's kids are good looking, so you can see it in his genes. His son. Did you go with, with Ray Junior or a younger brother? Yeah, Ray Junior. Ray Jr. was a Ray Jr. was a had a football scholarship. He was a big football player on, on the high school team, right? Yes, yes, he does. He was he was a, one of the star running backs for sure. He, I think, and he, he, and he was a, a he was an all high school all American in Maryland as well. Yes, yes, he got a lot of. Uh, so he was a, a big man on campus, so I know he got a lot of trim. <laughs> definitely, definitely, and he was you know he was light skinned Now was his mother white? No, Juanita. Juanita's a oh, light-skinned black woman. Who, right. She might have some Spanish in her, because her name was Juanita. But no, she 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 considers 